You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Well, oh, well, we have a lot to talk about on this podcast today. Let's get right to it. Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. We welcome Bedard back with his Rutgers shirt on. He caught the victory I'm glad he did not run onto the floor and get arrested. That was good to see. Uh, congratulations on that, sir. Uh, let's get to the football. Let's uh, let's start with uh, J.C. Jackson. Everybody's talking about it. The decision, the Patriots have let J.C. walk into free agency. Do you like it, love it, or hate it, Greg? Well, Nick, I understand the different dynamics here. And I understand, do I think J.C. Jackson is worth $17.3 million a year? for one season. No, probably not. Um, but I think, and who knows, we'll have to see how this turns out. Belichick could be right. He could think that there's a soft market that, um, that the, uh, the rest of the league doesn't view JC Jackson's value there as well. I think he's being mistaken if he thinks that after being in Indianapolis for the scouting combine and talking to people. And it, like we talked about last week, Nick, it only takes one team. Right. And one team could get really jittery and say, we don't have any cornerbacks. And all of a sudden, one agent literally said to my face, he's going to get $25 million a year. And Ooh. I just about spit out my drink in his face. <laughs> but that's, that's the kind of chatter that we were hearing in Indy. I think, I think that in my mind, it would shock me if he doesn't get more than the franchise tag. So we're talking $18, $19 million a year at least. If he doesn't, and if I was a betting man, I would say he passes Jalen Ramsey on uh, at $20 million a year. And when you consider that, when you consider what the Patriots have at the position, how they left themselves uh, because of, of poor drafting and things like that without a whole lot of options. Uh, I hate the JC Jackson decisions. I think that, I think that the best thing for the Patriots would be for JC Jackson to play on the tag at $17.3 million. Uh, You just two years ago, you tagged Joe Tooney, a guard and gave him $15 million for a year. How is a guy who turns the ball over and is your only real good man cover guy on the outside. How is he not worth less than $3 million more? I mean, 
To me, this is another franchise tag mistake by Bill Belichick. It's he's not planning ahead anymore. He gets caught behind. We talked about it at the time when they traded Stefan Gilmore. Now JC Jackson has all the leverage. They're screwed. They're gonna have to franchise tag him. And maybe Belichick is throwing a tantrum and says, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be beholden to any player, but I'm sorry, you you put yourself here, you know, for a variety of reasons. And so for me, if I was Belichick, I would have cleared the cap space, I would have tagged him. Knowing that there's interest out there for Jackson, if he's going to get upwards of $20 million a year, if not more, there's a market out there for him. You have a commodity. And to me, the risk of of getting something good in a trade was worth the $17.3 million risk. At the worst, I tag J.C. Jackson. I have a carrot in front of him that he has to play good again. He can't tank. Uh, he already said he's, he would play for the franchise tag. You, At the worst, you bring him back. You're better on defense because of that for a year. Then it gives you a year to see, hey, what is Sean Wade, who you traded for last year? What can he do? What are we getting in the draft? Maybe you get something good in the draft. But it, maybe you trade him when you think, all right, we're okay. We trade him at some point in time, you know. If not immediately, have a t- tag and trade thing in pay in place. That to me, that would have been the worst case scenario. Uh, the worst case scenario would have been him on the team. Best case would have been a trade, and which gave you cap space back and probably gave you a decent draft pick this year, which you could use. And so, to me, to let him just walk. Look, the Patriots can't sign a premium free agent now. If they do, it cancels it out. You get nothing for J.C. Jackson in 2023. So, to me, I thought it was a complete miscalculation, and I think they blew it again just like they blew it on the Tooney tag. It doesn't make much sense to me. I agree with pretty much everything that you said. I I don't know why it happened. I I don't know if it's, you know, Belichick got caught kind of unprepared and all that. I I just – the biggest issue to me is – with the Belichick side of it, it's tough for me to line this up with everything that we've known about Bill over the past 20 plus years. In the last few years, of course, it seems like he's kind of let his foot off the pedal in some instances. Then last offseason, he was all over it. He was ahead on things. He was signing guys. So I- I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, maybe Bill was just not ready. And he has his reasons. What I will say is I disagree with the move. And the biggest issue football wise is, we have no idea what they're going to do. Like if you told me you're letting Jackson walk because you had this young stud outside corner ready and available to you, okay, I get it. If you're going to draft a guy, you better hit on that guy immediately where he can walk out onto the field and make plays and be as good as you know J.C. Jackson has been or at least near that level because right now you're secondary. You got Jalen Mills, folks, as your number one corner, which is terrifying. So they've got to do something. I don't know what the plan is going to be. I'm, I'm going to guess Belichick has a plan. I don't think he's just going through this uh, blindfolded. But you better have some kind of action following up if you lose Jackson to help this secondary because right now the secondary was thin with Jackson. It is a real issue without him. Uh, let's move on to some of the big NFL stuff. We still have to get to Kyle Van Noy and everything, but you know we've got to jump to the next big story, and that, of course, is Russell Wilson being traded to Denver 
Uh, Greg, your reaction to this deal and how does it affect the Patriots if it affects the Patriots? Yeah, I um, I was a bit surprised that um, the Seahawks um, ended up moving Russ. I mean, I knew he he wanted to move, but that they ultimately did it. Uh, I was I was a bit surprised, and it's a big risk by you know Pete Carroll, who's not getting any younger, and John Schneider, the GM out there. Um, you know, not too long ago, they were in this sort of vast QB you know, almost desert land where, you know, they signed Matt, they had to sign Matt Flynn for big money and drafted at some, some chump named Russell Wilson in the fourth round. And that was sort of where they were. And then all of a sudden they struck gold, similar to the Patriots with Tom Brady struck gold on Wilson and they were living the high life. And now, now for now they're going backwards. I do think I, I wouldn't rule the Seahawks out on, anything as far as QBs moving and things like that, like a Deshaun Watson, Mm. a Derek Carr, who despite all the good things that Josh McDaniels and company are saying about Carr out in Vegas, uh, they're always going to listen. They're always going to listen. They might have designs on, you know, something else at some point, if something were to develop, um, you know, the other quarterbacks that, that are available out there. I think the Seahawks will be in <clears throat> as far as how the pay it affects the Patriots. Number one, let me just dismiss a couple things that I've heard in the last day. Um, of course, Patriots fans, uh, have to make it about them. So they, you know, they talk about how Josh McDaniels will be back at offensive coordinator in, uh, 2023 or whatever, <laughs> because now his, now the division stacked and it is, but, Look, and this is the way I felt when he went out there in the first place. I mean, yeah, they added Russell Wilson. I mean, he, you know, he's really good, but, you know, they were still pretty good out there with Mahomes and Herbert. It, look, the head coaches, look more at the head coaches. Like, you can't just look at the quarterback, Felger. Um, look at the coaches. Brandon Staley has proven he's pretty much an idiot so far, even though he's really <laughs> smart and gives great press conferences. As far as an actual coach, he blew games for his teams last year, actually blew them. Yep. So that's number, that's one. Uh, number two, you have Andy Reed, who's winding down, not exactly a Mensa candidate either with in-game coaching who, who knows who his successor is going to be Matt Nagy. Eric Bieniemy, that that's coming very soon, probably in the next year or two. And uh, who's the other one? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Denver. Oh yeah, N- Nathaniel Hackett in Denver, who we know nothing about. Okay, so yeah, those guys have better quarterbacks right now. That doesn't mean Bupkis. Dan Marino didn't do much. Yeah, they were a threat every year in the division. Dan Marino went to one Super Bowl. Okay, or the second year in the league, I'm pretty sure that that could be the case for, uh, you know, I like Mahomes' chances, but Herbert, who I think reminds me a lot of Dan Marino, and, um, you know, and Russell Wilson, you know, it's been a while since he's been there. I mean, he, he hasn't exactly elevated the Seahawks to new heights in the past four or five years. So uh, I've, I don't think it's a death sentence for Josh McDaniels or anything like that. 
Uh, number two, as far as how it affects the Patriots. Popular thing on Sports Talk Radio yesterday, my boys Felger and Maz, I'm sure Jay Stu is going to clip this, uh, was now you're behind. Now, you, you had to go for it. You, you should have gotten Russell Wilson. You should have done this. You should have done that. I just think it's absurd. I mean, these guys, all they care about is the quarterbacks. And, yes, the quarterbacks are nice, and they certainly help you get to a certain level without much around them. But those are the those are only the very special ones. There's no – they talk like it's a Mahomes, Brady. There's really not many out there besides that. Uh, as far as those guys who, if you just have the quarterback, then you can punch your ticket elsewhere. Other than that, everybody is swimming in a, you know, pretty deep pool as far as what quarterbacks can do for you. And I think that, look, is Russell Wilson better than Mac Jones? Yeah. Is Justin Herbert better than Mac Jones? Yeah. But the combination of everything, building a team, being disciplined, having good coaches and all that, and having a quarterback on a rookie deal, I'm sorry, the Patriots haven't fallen behind. They're in a group. I don't think the Denver Broncos are all of a sudden catapulted into the final four of the AFC. Not by a long shot. Not when they have a brand-new head coach where we don't know if he could do jack at that position. So I think it's just absurd to be talking about the Patriots that they've that they've fallen behind or whatever because they didn't go get Russell Wilson. Mac Jones is good enough. They the problem with their team is the rest of the roster that they need to build up. They've been here for years. We know we knew that, and they need to get out of that. I think it's a tougher road for the Patriots. There's no doubt about that. Russell Wilson makes Denver a tougher team. I don't know if he makes them a top three team in the conference. I don't think they're there yet. I do think they could get there as a contender, depending on what they do the rest of free agency and in the draft. They still have a number of picks in the top 115, I think it is. And I and, and they do have a pretty good defense, and they have a lot of skill position guys around Wilson, especially a young receiving core that I think is pretty good um, if they get their act together. And I think the quarterback has held them back over the past couple of years with Drew Locke. So I, I do think it makes it a tougher road for the Patriots. I, I think adding to this offense for New England, uh, finding that number one receiver would be very, very nice. And, you know, I believe in Mac. It's just what are you going to give Mac? to utilize in the pass game that will help him take another step. And I think that's adding a legitimate number one receiver. I said it last year before the season. I'll say it again this year, whether that's, you know, Amari Cooper or somebody else, I don't know, but, but try to find that one guy. And as far as Seattle, I've heard a couple of things out here in California. I had Doug Kite on my show yesterday and Doug kind of threw the name out there of Kirk cousins, which I found to be very interesting Shane Waldron, of course, has a history with Cousins in Washington, and Waldron is the play caller for Seattle. So a Kirk Cousins was thrown out there. And then I heard this morning Mike Salk uh, on the morning show of my station uh, bring up what you just brought up, Deshaun Watson. So I don't know if we really know where Seattle's going just yet. Let's not forget that Carroll's calling the shots. It's not Schneider. Carroll has a grasp on that organization. Uh, Paul Allen passed away. The ownership is kind of absent. So it's really Carroll running the show, and he's 70 years old, folks. So I don't know if he's going to sit through a full rebuild. We know Bobby Wagner was released yesterday, but I'm not sure he's going to sit there and just kind of rebuild this thing and say three years from now when I'm 73, 74, we'll be in a spot to, to contend. I don't think that's the plan. Uh, Roger stays in Green Bay. Greg, thoughts? Uh, I was surprised by this. 
I thought that, um, you know, Mr. Needy would, at, <laughs> at the end of the day, would say. Way, let me just jump in for a second. Did you notice everybody was like, oh, how's he going to handle Russell Wilson upstaging him? And then he had to send out the tweet saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm returning to the Packers, but I haven't yet signed the contract. It's like, yeah. he, he couldn't help himself. More fake news. More misinformation. <laughs> Everybody's dumb. Yeah, he always has to make it about himself. I mean, God, I love the guy, but holy mackerel. Uh, I I was a bit surprised because I thought that he would look at what Brady did and sort of see the benefit of a of a change. I think he could I think I think everybody could have used a change in the situation. I mean, yeah, they've been successful and they get to the N- NFC championship game and lose. Uh, but I was surprised because he's the guy who thinks that nothing is ever his fault. And so I figured he'd use the opportunity to say, I only got one super to one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl title. That was because of them. Ted Thompson, Gutekunst, McCarthy, LaFleur. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to cherry pick my spot and, and I'm going to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to show you that wasn't me. This is me similar to sort of Brady. And I was surprised that it didn't go down that way. But uh, I know my my kids are happy. My kids are reasonably happy as Packers fans. So there's there's that. I look at it and just a quick thought here. He got everything he wanted. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I, I don't know who else could have given him more. He's going to get about 50 million a year. He's going to be the highest paid player in the league. Um, he gets Devontae Adams back on the franchise tag, his buddy. He'll get Randall Cobb back. He wanted a seat at the table, quote-unquote. Uh, apparently, Gutekunst has done that. They have brought him in. What's what's fascinating to me, Greg, and we'll see how it all plays out, this really goes against the Packers' philosophy. Like The, the Packers are not usually yeah. a, we're going to go for broke. We're going to pay these guys all this money. They have, you know, historically, they've somewhat changed a little bit here. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, some other moves they've made recently. But they're not really big ticket item guys. And so they're going against their team philosophy of kind of building it through the draft and, and, and letting guys go when they get too expensive and, and not hitting free agency hard. They're all in now. This is a year-to-year proposition. And um, I'm fascinated to see how the Rodgers contract is structured. Are there outs for him to leave next year, the year after? Is he going to revisit this drama every single season? I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, of course he is. <laughs> let's, uh, be, before we get to uh, the Patriots and at the Combine and, and Kyle Van Noy, Greg, let's tell the fine people listening and watching this podcast all about our friends at betonline.ag. Football might be over for the season, but basketball's in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Go Scarlet Knights, double by in the Big Ten tournament. For all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, the UFC stuff that Cattles was all over on Saturday night. Uh, that's right. All their odds are the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and, and where to play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
betonline.ag. I don't want to talk about my parlay on Saturday night. I talked to producer Amit about that before the show. I'll just uh, leave that there. Uh, Let's talk about the Patriots now. Uh, Look, I I read your column about what people had to say at the Combine about what the Patriots are doing. And pretty much I'll sum it up in one word, Greg, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that word would be confusion. Yeah, bizarre. They, uh, You know, I asked a variety of people, people have been around the league, people have been with the Patriots, people, you know, who smart people who know what they're talking about. And I asked them, do you, can you make sense of what the Patriots are doing as far as their coaching staff and personnel staff? And they're just like, no, I can't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking, what they're doing. Uh, I would say what surprised me the most would, I would say the strongest reaction was what they're doing in the personnel department. The, the promotion of macro from the college stri- side straight to director of player personnel. Not that macro isn't smart, hardworking, all that stuff. <clears throat> Everybody raves about macro, but it's that kind of path, just college side to director of player personnel, where you're dealing most of the job is on the pro side. You're dealing right. with agents and contracts and you know, street free agents and stuff like that. I'm sure he dabbled in that with what he was doing before, but you know, now that's completely different. And you know, the big thing is, is I don't understand how Belichick thinks this is the right move. You, you, you have Steve Cargill who was right there, who was on the pro personnel side, who came in the same year as Matt grow to the Patriots. Belichick sort of bypassed him here, but I, I don't understand it from the Belichick perspective in that, you know, you you looked at what went on here personnel-wise. Uh, it worked really well when Scott Pioli was here. Sort of like, almost like a peer to Belichick. Uh, you know, somebody who had been around, who had a lot of experience. Somebody that Bill really listened to and respected. Then it went to Nick Casario, who loved Nick. Smart guy, works his ass off. But not exactly the most confrontational guy. Pretty much just Bill's caddy, all right? You know, <laughs> hey, Bill, what do you want? What club do you want? You want a slot? You want this? Here you go. Here's here's the club. Uh, I have no thoughts on what you should do. It's your decision. It's that thing. So that didn't really work out that well for the Patriots, which is why they're in the roster situation they have been in for the past two years, actually going on many years. Um, so Casario leaves, and then Dave Ziegler comes in, a guy who – you know, I know Dave a little bit and, you know, talked to him a, a, a bit in Indy. And uh, he comes across as to me as a guy who, you know what, that he doesn't really give a crap. That, like, I, I believe what I say. I don't care what the ramifications are. I'm going to tell you what I think. And that, that's what we talked about last year when he got promoted, who Dave Ziegler was. That's what I was hearing. And then all of a sudden the Patriots – largely knock it out of the park last year in terms of personnel with the draft, uh, pr- you know, a pretty good hit rate in free agency. And then also that works. You're back to sort of the Pioli guy and Belichick decides, no, I'm going to go with the son of a friend who has no pro personnel experience, who isn't really going to stand up to me. To me, that's the thing that shocks me the most. It shocks the league the most and I will be interested to see what impact that has on the Patriots. From 30,000 feet, this all might make some sense a month, two months from now, a year from now. All I can look at is day-to-day in my my feelings of of what's been happening this offseason. 
And I'm not in love with the start for the Patriots right now. I'm really not. Uh, you lost McDaniels. The Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, Kaylee throw-it-together offensive staff is going to be interesting to watch play out. The front office, as you just mentioned, is going to be interesting to watch play out. The J.C. Jackson decision, the thin secondary they're dealing with now. I'm not in love with what they've done so far. It's really early. We, we've got a long time before they actually play a football game. So we'll see if it all comes together when we look back and go, ah, Belichick was a genius. But so far, I'm just left questioning a lot of what's going on right now. And, you know, I am not super confident in this offensive staff. I'm not super confident in that secondary. And we'll see what happens here in free agency and the draft. And again, maybe from 30,000 feet a month, two months from now, you know, I, I think all of us reserve the right to evolve our thought process as things happen because we can't predict the future. So maybe something happening right now will make a lot more sense two weeks from now, two months from now. But in the moment, in a vacuum, a lot of decisions have me just kind of scratching my head. Let's talk about. Nick, by the way, real quick. How about this? Josh McDaniels, not only did he get Mick Lombardi, but he got he brought over Bo Hardigree, yep. who was the Patriots quarterbacks coach last year, helped Mac Jones. They also signed when they announced their their staff, Jerry Shaplinsky, who yep. was the quarterbacks coach before Bo Hardigree. So <laughs> Josh McDaniels, who called the plays and coached the quarterbacks. So basically the equivalent is the, the Las Vegas Raiders have three Patriots quarterback coaches, and the Patriots have zero. They've gone with the approach, we don't need a quarterback's coach. We just need Joe Judge. I just needed to say that. Joe Judge, baby. Joe, Joe Judge or bust. Joe Judge or bust. Somebody make the T-shirts. Joe Judge or bust. Uh, all right, we got to run through this quickly rapid fire style as we get ready for free agency. Let's first start off with Kyle Van Noy, who was released. Uh, quick thoughts on that, Greg. Not a surprise in terms of, you know, his cap number. Uh, look, a lot of these things, everyone's going to be like, oh, so they released him. What are they going to do? They need cap space. They had like $4 million. Like they, they need at least like 10 to get through the year. That's just to get through the year. That's before you start re-signing Devin McCourty or Matthew Slater or James White or whoever you want back on your team, let alone adding somebody. So the Patriots need Cap space. They will shed other guys in terms of cap space coming up. Um, you know, but it, it, look, he's a, he's a nice player. He slowed down last year. Uh, I would have kept him around. This was not a, hey, take a pay cut or we'll release you. This was a straight release. So more than likely, unless he's just sitting on the street corner, uh, Kyle Van Noy is done with the Patriots. All right, let's roll down the free agents now for the Patriots. Again, rapid fire, 20, 30 seconds, if that, on each guy. Is he staying? Is he going? What do you think? Let's start with Devin McCourty, Greg. I think he's staying. The question is how much you're going to have to pay him. I think you're going to have to pay him a decent amount, and I, I think that could be a big expenditure. I think he'll listen uh, to other offers. He's going to be listening during the tampering period when it starts on Monday. You know, there's a chance they could lose him, which would be another blow to that secondary. Mm -hmm. But I think if I if I was a betting man, I'd say he uh, he stays. They're stuck. They need an anchor back there. I think he stays. Trent Brown. Uh, Belichick loves them sometimes, but I, you know, from what I heard at the end of last season, they were not happy with him at all. Uh, I would be surprised if he's back. Interesting. If he comes back, I, I think it'll be big time incentive laden. Uh, not to Hightower. 
Uh, I think they let him test the market. They see where it is. Uh, maybe he comes back at a redu- reduced rate, but I think uh, I think he wants to play. Uh, I, I I keep going back. and I would say this one's 50-50 on whether he's back with the Patriots this year. Let's not forget about Dante last time, free agency, right? That there were some medical questions yep. and, and teams were wondering Which if you the see on the field now. Yep. And, and you know, I, I think the tread's wearing. So I, I don't know, you know, where he's going to go. Maybe he comes back as, you know, somebody who doesn't play as much as he has in the past. Uh, steady Teddy, Ted Karras. I think he's back. I think, you know, he just he gives you that he covers you at guard and center. To me, is invaluable. Teddy tested the free agency water two years ago, went to Miami, was miserable, came back here. I think he he likes this. He showed his value. If he's I don't think he's looking for starter money, even though he, you know, he started last year for the Patriots and played pretty well. I think he realizes what he is. He's smart enough. So I don't think he's gonna get over his skis. But who knows? Somebody could come and pluck him and say, you know, he's a good guy to have around. I mean, if I'm Josh McDaniels, I might come for him. You know, if I have issues on the Raiders line, Matthew Slater. I think he wants to return and I think he's back with the Patriots. That's going to be another chunk of change for, you know, a veteran guy. I mean, I would move on, but not that I don't that not that I dislike Matthew Slater, but let's start his post Patriots uh, uh, player character development coaching position. James White. He wants to come back. Uh McCarran Garrigan reported that um, he wants to. I I think it's going to be. I think it's it's a ways down the road. Like I don't think he's going to be ready for anybody to sign with his hip anytime soon. I assume there's nothing. As long as he wants to come back on a one year deal or whatever, there's no harm in signing him. And if it doesn't work in camp, if he doesn't have it, then you release him and he retires. Um, I could see that happening. Brandon Bolden. I think he's back. Belichick loves him. Um, you know, again, another vested veteran. That's it's gonna uh, it's gonna be a chunk of change. We talked about Nick Folk last week. Check the pod. Jamie Collins uh, would like to return. The Patriots are wait and see. They want to. They've told people in Indy that they want to get uh, faster in the front seven. And Thank you know, God. basically, the reaction is on. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll. The reaction to Collins was sort of like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> you know, so he's in the wait and see, you know, if things fall through and they need to fill a few holes. But uh, you got to move on. Take the speed in the front seven and inject it into my veins. Brian Hoyer. Uh, I think he's back to help along this with this whole crap show with the offensive coaches and stuff like that. He'd be like another voice for Mac. Uh, he should just for that reason, he'd be enough to have around and maybe you release him in after camp, maybe. All right, and then we've got uh, three guys quickly, Bentley, Myers, and Gunner. I think Bentley's back. I think Belichick really likes him. I don't want him back, but, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody comes in and gives him a big offer. Again, I think the Raiders are looking for linebackers. You know, could he up update them? Myers, he's back. He probably gets a second-round tender. Gunner, no one's really talked about that. That's an interesting decision. Are you really going to <clears> – <throat> Was he a draft pick? I'm trying to remember right now. I think he was. I think he was like a seventh round pick. Uh, so the, you could do you could put that tag on him. I mean, the difference is Myers was undrafted, so it's either uh, second round or first round. 
you don't have any other options with Gunner. Uh, you do have the option of of giving him the original round tender, which is a lot cheaper, which I assume that they do. Uh, oh, he was undrafted. So it's the same undrafted. sort of thing. That's an, that's an interesting decision. Are you really going to tag Gunnar Olszewski for what you get on punt return and what he gives you on the field at a second round level at like $3.4 million? Myers is worth it. Is Gunnar? I'm saying no. I, you know, I, I put a, you know, right of first refusal, no compensation, <laughs> whatever type of tag on him. Right. And then I'm taking that money and I'm putting it to like Braxton Berrios to get like a real slot receiver. Interesting. All right. The uh, Boston Sports Journal.com member question of the day. I'm going to have my own question for you. Check them out at BSJ okay. $39.99 on the annual plan. Top notch analysis. You know the spiel. Of course, uh, Bedard has a ton of uh, video analysis for the Patriots, coaches film. Direct access to him in weekly chats. Here's my uh, BostonSportsChannel.com member question of the day, Greg. Where might this team add? Yeah, I think uh, from from my reporting at the Combine, they are they talk to a lot of uh, agents and teams about receivers. Now, I don't think that they're they're going to go nuts or anything like that. I think that they, you know, of course, I hear from Patriots fans every time you mention a name, they're like, "Oh, well, that's not good enough. That's not this or that." Like. You know, whatever. I mean, you know, yes, I reported that they they asked the Panthers about um, Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Yep. Yeah. Who Belichick loves. He should. He's a good player. And of course, Patriots fans hear that and they're like, whatever. Robbie Anderson, even though they don't look at like the crap that he's played with, with the Jets and the Panthers, that he caught 95 passes from Teddy Bridgewater for crying out loud. I think that I think that Robbie Anderson is an excellent player. Let me ask you this, Patriots fans who turn your nose up at Robbie Anderson. Uh, what would have been your reaction if you heard about Wes Welker back in, what was that, 2007? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're different players, but Wes Welker, all I heard was about how Wes Welker, you know, he got made by Brady and stuff like that. Even though if you looked at what Wes Welker did in Miami, I think one year, I think he, he caught a bunch of passes from, Gus Farratt, trust me, I was down there. I covered those teams. Gus Farratt, all this stuff. Like, he showed that he was a good player. He just needed to get on a good team with a, with a good quarterback. And then he could go to an elite level. I look at Robbie Anderson the same way. I love Robbie Anderson. Um, I think that they're looking. I, I don't want Amari Cooper at all. I think he's a dog. I think he's injured a lot. I think he quits. I don't think he's the Patriots type of guy. I could be wrong. Uh, especially if I have to pay that guy, I don't want to have anything to do with him. I think they'll, they'll probably be on in on, um, you know, sort of the second tier. I think they are looking, you know, Allen Robinson, they'll see what his market is. I assume somebody big comes and gets him. Um, I think that they will be in on like a Braxton Berrios on the inside. I think they're looking for sort of uh, the secondary tier. That's on a lot of things. They're looking at the secondary tier, not the initial wave of free agency. And that includes receivers. But like if they get Braxton Berrios and say Robbie Anderson on the outside, and also one thing to clear up, because of course all these Twitter reporters take what you say about, uh, you know, what's going on with a player. What I said about Nelson Aguilar, I didn't report that the Patriots would move on from Nelson Aguilar. I think that they would if they got a Robbie Anderson. but And it makes sense because you get cap savings if you tr trade Nelson Aguilar. Uh, but I think they're looking at 
boundary receiver slot, and they're looking to get quicker at corner uh, linebacker, and they will see what's out there on the cornerback market uh, to add. But I don't think they're going to be big money on anything. I think they spent it all last year, and they're going to be a bit conservative this year. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by betonline.ag. We'll see what the Patriots do. Any more rumors come out, we'll be ready. Talk to you uh, next week. Everybody be good, be healthy, and be safe. Until then, again, it's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles.